If you have a Bible, can you go with me to Revelation 19, 6 through 9? Revelation, wow, we haven't done that much around here, have we? Pastor's starting to get a little bit out there. Talking about Revelation, moving his pulpit back. He's backsliding. Oh. I really am, literally, I'm sliding back. That's just because they got something that they're going to set up here. Revelations 19 and 6 is where we're going to go today for your consideration. And if you're a guest today, I'm so glad you're here today. I hope to meet you today before you go. Please hang around. Um, I, don't, I don't run to the back at the, at the end of service. I usually stay around the front. So the best place to get to meet me is going to be praying at the altar. And if you can stay till after we're done praying, I'd love to meet all of our guests today. Our priority is for people who want salvation and help today. If you want to get baptized today, you can get baptized in Jesus' name today and get your past washed away, your sins washed away. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost today and have a promise of a future and power, you can have that today in this place, in Jesus' name. This is going to be a little distracting. I'm not going to attempt to keep your attention. We're just going to stare awkwardly at these men, bringing out wedding shower gifts, it appears. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but that gives you something to be curious about in just a moment. We've been on a series, and I'm not going to repeat it because it's getting to be too long, but it's a salvation series that God has been doing some great things. My intention is, in the Holy Ghost, to make sure that we're all saved because it does not matter what we do if we're not saved. It doesn't matter if you get more money or jobs or if you get your relationship fixed, if you're lost. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters if we're not saved. Finish the building construction, doesn't matter if you're not saved. It's the number one priority. And we've been digging from different angles to make sure you have every opportunity to make sure that you're saved. And I hope and pray that there be no one today that will walk out those doors saying, he's not talking to me. I'd hope you all ask yourself, is he talking to me? Is the Holy Ghost speaking to me? so that God can touch you. I hope that if you're a member of our church, you've gone back and caught up with every Salvation Series service we've had if you're on Facebook, because that helps bring context to this series. And I hope that you've done that. But today, we continue. Are you ready to keep going? All right, let's keep digging. Revelation 19 and 6, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering sang. This is John in a moment of revelation, prophesying the future. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he, hath, and he saith unto me, Write, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. I want to highlight, his wife hath made herself ready. Everybody say, that's me. We're getting ready right now. We're not there yet, are we? We're getting ready. You haven't arrived. You're getting ready for it. This hasn't happened yet. 
The wedding hasn't happened yet. We're engaged. We're holding ourselves in purity for him. You know what he's doing? He's building us a house. He's working for us, and we're keeping ourselves for him. We're a symbolic bride of Christ. And in the engagement process, we are not cheating. We don't want the world. We don't want anything. We're already spoken for. We're just waiting for the day for him to come back and get us uh, and to take us to heaven. And we will celebrate an incredible wedding feast with our Lord and our groom. So everybody say we're getting ready. Verse 8 says that this purity, this symbol of fine white linen is the righteousness of the saints. Everybody say i got to be right. You've got to be righteous and ready and pure if you're going to be going to heaven. That's what the Word of God is saying to us today. And so today I'd like to take this topic, the wedding shower, the wedding, and that's in quotations, the wedding shower. Not like you're used to, but more like a wedding shower. More like a wedding cleansing. (laughs) More like a wedding preparation. More like... The gifts that God gives to us to get ready for our wedding day. Today we're going to unveil the gifts that God gave his engaged spouse, bride, the church. And I'm going to expose to you these gifts and why he gave them and what they do to get us ready to make sure we make heaven. Are you ready for the word today? Clap your hands and give God a praise and get ready with expectation in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated today, and God bless you all so much. The church is the bride of Christ. Ephesians 5 and 25. Let's do a little Bible study here today. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I know some of you tuned me out. Please tune back in now. That he might sanctify and cleanse it. Everybody say clean. Clean. Sanctify and clean, which means separate to himself and wash and clean. That he, the husband, might wash and clean it with the washing of water by, everyone say the the word. We use the word of God to cleanse us, to get us ready for the wedding day. The best tool you're ever used to try to clean somebody up is not your logic, not your intellect, not your trickery, but the Word of God. If we can learn the Word of God, we can have a tool to wash away all the filth in our lives. God, help us to wash away. Help us to have the Word of God to wash away. Help me as a pastor to use the Word of God to help wash away the impurities that are on us. I want a steady diet of the Word of God so that he might present, verse 27, it to himself a a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. This is what Jesus is coming back for. Y'all, this is the Word of God. Y'all believe this word? Do y'all believe this as much as you believe Acts 2.38? 
Do you believe this as much as repent, be baptized, every one of you, and receive the Holy Ghost and talk in tongues? Do you believe we got to be holy to be saved? Do you believe we cannot sin? Do you believe we got to be right? It's still true today in 2022. It's not an old-fashioned message. It's a biblical message. We got to be washed up. We got to get ready, church. We got to make sure that we look in the mirror. We got to make sure there's nothing inside of us. We're not going to make it if we're not getting serious about getting clean and pure. He wants to present a beautiful, holy church on that wedding day. Not a sloppy, messed up, strung out, cheating bride. That's not what he's coming back for. He's coming back for, everybody say the church. Verse 25, even as Christ loved the church, the church, the church. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to be in the church if you're going to go to heaven. Listen, he's not coming back for a conference. I feel like my black brother's insane. I wish somebody helped help me preach right now. Mm. God, let that black spirit get on me every now and then when I'm preaching. Man. It's a whole lot more fun to preach like that. Isn't that right, Brother Joe? Uh-huh. Help me preach today. Jesus' name. I hear you, sister. There you go. Pray for our, pray for our African-American, whatever. Pray for people of dark color because it, it don't, whatever. You know, the words these days, it's like, I don't even know how to say it. But pray for people that think they don't need to come to our church because it doesn't have a lot of black people. Because we got to preserve that. We got to have more black people in this church. Amen? We got white and Hispanic, but we need to let all of them know we're here for them. We're here for them. Just felt to say that. It doesn't matter. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes you just got to flow with the Holy Ghost. If you're not in the church, you're not going to be saved. Oh, that's what I was saying. That's what, that's what got me going. He's not coming back for a conference. Y'all, we love conferences. Can I tell you why you love conferences? You love conferences because they bring in the best of the best. They plan for six months. Yeah. Yeah, you love it because nobody knows your drama there. The preacher don't know what you've been doing. That's why you love conferences. Yeah, he's not coming back for a conference. He's coming back for the church. While we're talking about conferences, they charge us $55 for men's conference for two days. Mm. Y'all feel what? Y'all already feeling? $55 a person for two days of church. That's a lot of money times 300 people. You know another reason why conference is so powerful? Because you've got to pay to go to it. Y'all not hearing me. Y'all not hearing me today, are you? Woo! 
I'm about to get this microphone out of you. <laughs> there's, there's a connection between having to give and what you get out of the church service. It's amazing what you can do with $15,000 in two days. You can bring in four preachers. You can provide a meal two times. Have all kinds of cool stuff if everybody would give $55 every two days. It's amazing what we can have when people will commit to giving. We'll get hyped about it. It's amazing what we can do. But God's not coming back for that. He's coming back for that just regular old church service. Just regular old meeting with everybody you know. With all the problems, all the issues, the everyday grind. He said, I'm coming back for the church, not a special event. Don't you ever fall in love with special events more than church. And don't ever think that you're spiritual because you go and have a good time at special events. Because those are not a good measuring stick for our faith. Anybody can shout at ladies' conference and men's conference, and anybody can shout at, at the big thing, but what about right here, right now, where the devil's trying to take us down and fight us? Uh, Real-life stuff going on right here in, in this church. Uh, that's where we need the biggest uh, and the best, uh, right here in this territory. I must go on. Jesus is the groom that will marry the church. John chapter 3, John the Baptist refers to Jesus as the groom. Matthew 5, Jesus refers to himself as the groom. Y'all, I know some of you men out there are like, I ain't married no man. Some of y'all get turned off right now, especially the day we're living in. Good for you. You should be. I'm thankful you're not like, hey, man. You know, I'm, I'm so thankful you're not like that. I didn't mean to do that, but... I was a youth pastor one time, so you got to learn to connect. There's way too much liberty in the house today, you can tell. But the Lord's going to work. The Lord's going to speak to us. He's coming back for men, y'all. He's coming back for me, a strong men, tough men. We are called the bride. Look, some of this stuff I'm just feeling after, the Lord spoke to me a few weeks ago and said, watch your wife, your godly wife, and the way that she loves you, because that's the way I want you to love me. So to all the men out there with a godly wife, you need to learn to listen to your godly wife. You need to learn to watch how she serves you when you don't de deserve it. She puts up with stuff. She opens up and cries sometimes. She's in touch with her feelings. To the, to the men out there today, we, we had men's conference. Let me, go to, let me go to the third session. Are you ready? We can learn a lot from the women because they know how to be the bride. And we, we as men say, I'm the man and I'm tough. I ain't acting like no woman. No, but you do have to act like the bride. You can stay a man, but you've got to make sure you're a bride. You can still be masculine, but you've just got to learn how to let your tears flow and submit and say, I can do this because I'm not just a man, I'm a godly man. 
I'm a, God, I'm a bride of Christ. Keep your gender and your worship. But, but men, let's learn how to be a bride of Christ. Let's learn how to be submissive and soft. Because to him, that's the way we have to be. Wow, we, we ain't never going to get done today with this message. I'm just kidding. See, that's when everything just broke right there in the spirit. You know, they're all like, all right, well, I'm out on this. Jesus is coming back for the church. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 15, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. That's going to be fun to see. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. That's called the rapture. Together with them in the clouds, literally speaking, to meet the Lord in the air with the dead in Christ. And will rise up. And that will be our transportation into the great wedding day feast. He's coming back for us, y'all. And we, we use this over caskets. And we shout about this and we talk about how the Lord's coming back and we rejoice. And that's the context we normally have. But there's a whole lot more to that context that we will conclude with. Because it's not just about the fact that he's coming back. It's about those people he's coming back for. And that's the rest of the chapter. The rest of the chapter identifies who he's coming back for. We use the scripture as if he's coming back for all of us. But if you'll read the entire chapter, you'll find out there's a select group of people he's coming back for. And it's not for the whole world. And so I've got to close with that to make sure we know and make sure that we are washed and clean because those are the people he's coming back for. Now, the opening text we read in Revelation states that John saw a future event when the saints would officially be one with God. He's referred to here as the Lamb symbolizing Jesus, our Savior, who died for us. Jesus is God, and right now we're getting ready to move in. We're getting all cleaned up. We need the church to be saved. We know it. It's clear. I've got to be in the church to be saved. He's coming back for the church. He's coming back for the church. Coming back for the church. So that is the Salvation Series message today, is if you want to be saved, find out today the reason why being in the church will help you be saved. Find out today why getting around church folks will help you be saved. Find out today why a part of your salvation is not your private prayer closet, but your public connection to other people that you sometimes can't stand. It's a part of your salvation. Yes, it is. So now is the part where you've all been waiting for. What we need to make it is a good wedding shower. Are you ready for the wedding shower to begin? I'm the one actually getting the gifts today. It's exciting. I, whew, I can't wait. I'm going to come sit here, and I've done this a couple times, but no, just once before. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did have two showers, didn't we? Yeah, one in two different cities and all that, but, and I'm just trying to act natural like I would at a, at a shower, wedding shower. It's been a while for me. 18 years coming up? 18 years coming up. Uh, 18 years coming up. I sat something like this probably and that day, and, and uh, it, was, it was so special. It was special because everyone's staring at us. Everything's flower and pretty, and 
There was no camouflage or anything masculine at all on that day. Y'all can laugh at this part. We'll get, we'll get spiritual in a minute, but y'all can laugh at this part. I'm just, you know what? I, I got up at four. Yes, I did. The Lord spoke to me all morning, and I'm not about to let him ruin my day, that devil. I'm not letting him ruin my day. I feel so good in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel so much peace. I feel good. I'm not worried or stressed one bit. The Holy Ghost is talking to us today. So you can laugh and just let your guard down a little bit. But we sat there, and this is kind of how it goes, and everybody just stares at you like y'all are staring at me, and there's, there's cake and stuff like that and punch normally. And then you're, there's a table normally that's full of presents and gifts. And it's so pretty, so beautiful. And, uh, and usually somebody sits beside you and, and hands you a gift. And everybody watches you. And, and so that's kind of how it all works. That's where we're at right now. Just give you a little background. So um, usually I prefer to go after the biggest gift first, <laughs> you know. Uh, typically there's a registry that's done on a wedding shower where you tell everybody what you want them to buy. But people take that to mean don't do it. A lot of times, yeah. It's just like, isn't that funny? It's like, okay, this is where they want you to go. It's a list of things to buy. Choose only things on the list. Did you say don't buy anything? Yes, that's what we said. Don't buy anything on the list. Thanks. Just bring whatever you want. So, so you hope you get the things on your list, and there's always that one family that puts something really dumb, like a $500 blender. It's like, maybe they'll get this for us. But uh, anyway, people do a registry, and they go to Target or Bed Bath & Beyond, if they're even still open, and uh, whatever's still open these days, or these days just Amazon, and they, they get it, and they bring it, and they package it, and they set there, and this is the time when you begin to see the gifts. So, so imagine, I, I am the one that is, uh, that's getting married, and uh, I'm getting some gifts, okay? So I'm going to start with the largest one first. Is that all right? Another thing that you'll pick up in just a moment is, God bless these women, and they love their little tissue. Oh, it's down there. <sighs> Thank y'all for coming. I'm so thankful y'all are here. And what is this, y'all? Are you serious? What is this? Are you kidding me right now? Stop it. We have to vacuum after church. Here it is. I wanted to be an actor. I really did. Oh, it's a Bible. Oh, the Bible. Ephesians 5.26 is the Bible. If you have that, you can put it up there, Heather. But, oh, a Bible. That's, that's cool. Wow. A Bible. Thank you so much. It's from Jesus. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jesus. That's amazing. I got me, I got me a Bible. And uh, that's because the, the Bible, is. see, its job is to, to wash me to wash me with the word of the Lord. And so that's one of the gifts that we get is a Bible. And I hope that you know the Bible. That's good. I'm going to use that. Notice how I didn't get super excited, you know? Because it's, it's like, it's not that exciting to us. It's kind of one of the gifts that you get that you're kind of, it's kind of good, kind of bad. It's like, I got to read it now, you know? Anyways, thank you for the Bible. It's important, you know, but eh, thank you for the Bible. Uh, let's go. What you do is you usually go down to medium. You're hoping for the best stuff, but no, sometimes you were just deceived. Sometimes it's deceiving. Big bag does not mean good prize. It doesn't mean that. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the medium bag. Guess what? More of this. Not near as much, though. All right. Let's see. What did we get? Oh, here's another one. Gifts of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Gifts of the Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 12. Here's another one that we get. 
Here's another gift that helps us. Number one, you gave me the word of wisdom. That's speaking supernaturally to clarify situations. Thank you so much. Word of wisdom. You know, this is what we get, y'all. This is what we get whenever we get to be engaged. We get access to people that speak supernatural clarity to us. That's, isn't that a blessing, y'all? I'm so thankful people in my life that will give me a supernatural word of wisdom to help make sure I get things out of my life. Yeah. Another one that we get, a word of knowledge, speaking useful information. A word of knowledge. That's information. Word of knowledge. I'm so glad for that supernatural information that I need right on time, that I get as a gift to get me ready to go to heaven. Do y'all want these gifts in your life? Do you want to operate to flow in the church? Y'all, these are the gifts that were given to us by Jesus. What's another one? He gave, oh, faith. Faith is the ability to trust God in the worst of storms. The ability to trust God in the worst of storms. It doesn't say a word of faith. It just says faith. Thank you, God, for faith. He gave the gifts to the church. He gave it to us, the body of Christ. Here's another one. Gifts of healing. Now, this is interesting because gifts of healing is not the gift of healing. It's gifts of healing, the ability to fix things and make them whole. It doesn't specify that a preacher gets up and says that I'm going to pray for you and you're going to start to get better over time. It says that God gives us the ability to have an answer for things that are broken that can become whole. You got to get around somebody as a sick person that has a gift of healing to help them get you through your sickness. I don't need the church. Yes, you do. You can't have this if you're not in the church. These gifts weren't just given to individuals that never hang out with each other. These gifts were given to the church, the body of Christ, so that we could use them on each other to edify and build up the church. That's a good gift. Thank you, Jesus. Another thing he gave me with the gifts of the Spirit, he gave me working of miracles. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. The, the supernatural, unexplainable things that God does and no one has an answer for. We have access to that in the church. God will use people in the kingdom to pray and to work in miracles. Does anybody believe in miracles today? Some people are home alone and they're, they're not going to church and there's a access to the working of miracles in the house. And if you will get to church and get in the church, you can receive a miracle if you'll connect to the church. Prophecies. Now, I'll just, I don't really like that one. Here's what you do whenever, this is what we did whenever we were doing it. My wife got all the good gifts. I got nothing I wanted. I didn't get a drill, a tool, a gun. She's over here getting $300 dishes. We use paper plates, y'all. So she's just like, Thank you. You know, us guys are like. Thanks. So on this one, prophecies, it'd be one of the ones where the guy's like, hmm. Thanks. The women are like, oh, thank you so much. You know, guys are like, thank you. What about the time when you already have three of those? <laughs> you know, it's like another one. Yay, another vacuum. Our house is going to be so clean. This is amazing. What's the next one? Discerning of spirits. I don't want that one. I can't handle one more person telling me I have a bad spirit. In fact, that's it. I'm going to online church. Forget it. Because at online church, nobody tells me I have a bad spirit. 
I'd rather just live my whole life and go to, go to judgment day and not know. That's foolish. That's foolish, y'all. I'm starting to get into the spirit right now. We got to get around each other so we can figure this stuff out. We can't run and hide. We can't go hide. We can't run. We got to get around the church, y'all. This is where the things will manifest so we can be healed. I don't know. Oh, my button got stuck in the chair. <laughs> oh, that's scary right there. Just get up. The chair goes with you. Didn't think that one through. You're going to think I'm in the Holy Ghost levitating? <laughs> that's funny right there. Thank you, Jesus. As long as the elders are laughing, I'm okay. When Sister Aletha stops smiling, I'm, I'm, I'm done. All right with the joke. <laughs> Gone too far, preaching. All right, discerning of spirits. Speaking in tongues. This one weirds people out, I know. But this is whenever somebody in the congregation speaks in tongues real loud. It's very clear that God is speaking through them. You kind of tell something weird is happening. And then we wait because the Bible says the next one is the interpretation tongues. And this is where another, another person normally, I've been seeing a trend where the same person does it. That's okay technically, but it works a little better when you're not the one giving your interpretation. I'm not saying it's wrong because I have no Bible for that. If no one else is going to give an interpretation, then bless God, you need to give it too, all right? But let's, let's linger in the Holy Ghost and wait just a moment, and let's believe, God, you spoke through one, I want another to finish. Because that's a sweeter way for God to move through the church, all right? I had somebody ask me one time, is, is that biblical or not? I said, well, I don't have an answer for that, but I see the whole context here is for one to have this gift and another to have that. But we're to covet all gifts or seek after all gifts, all right? little teaching moment there. So tongues and interpretation. That means that God is speaking through the congregation, and one person gets up and begins to speak in that unknown language, and we wait, and then all of a sudden a booming voice comes out, a shout, and there's an interpretation into our known language where God speaks to his church in a, in a non, non-premeditated way. That's what's powerful about it. You know why I like this one? Because it could be anybody. It could be anybody. You hear me? It could be anybody that God uses. And that's why it's supernatural. Because you're sitting over there going, some of you are doubting, like, what do they know? They don't know anything. That's why the Spirit used them. They're trying to flow in the Holy Ghost. Give Spirit. Y'all, you got to be in church to be saved. All of these tools right here will help you get saved. Some of y'all are so sick, you don't feel like God's with you, you need to get somebody around you to help make you whole. You know what that could mean, that, that the healing, I'm just kind of flowing today in the Holy Ghost. That could mean that somebody in the church has some kind of supernatural remedy for some stomach ache you got that they created with some coconut oil and b- b- uh, bobo juice or whatever, come up with some name, but, you know, some weird juice. Uh, you never know what God can speak to somebody to fix something in your life. There's people in this church who know how to change a tire with a lighter and some, some gas fluid. I saw a video the other day, somebody's putting a tire on, they lit it on fire, and it goes, pow, it was on. I was like, what kind of magic is that? What I'm saying is God can speak to us in a supernatural way to help us get remedies. You know what the Greek word was there? It was, it was very, very small times in the Bible was that Greek word for healings. It wasn't like the other words in the Bible. It meant to cure. It meant to cure. It was a different version of the other times of healing. I think God wants to speak through us and give us some ways of fixing some stuff that we can use tools and things that are in the earth, but God gave the wisdom. I believe that. 
So, so we got to do this the God way and not just some way we heard, okay? This is Bible here. Oh, that's a good one. We've got to keep going. there. ready? That was my medium bag. Medium bag. I think it's, okay, when you have two similar sized bags, here's what happens. You always choose the one you think is prettier first. Because it could be something good in there. A little bit more of that. Bless the Lord. That's normal. Don't ever break culture. God forbid. What happened to days when you just taped them, you know? Oh, that's Christmas robber game gifts and stuff, isn't it? In my family, they would tape the top so you couldn't peek in. <laughs> Saves a lot of money. Easier. I like it. Let's see what this gift is to the church. Here we got all the kids in here today. Thank you. God bless y'all. Thank y'all. That's what you do. You don't really like it. You're like, hmm, oh, God bless you. Thank you for the roads. Okay. <laughs> Next gift, you know. But you can tell when someone relates to a gift, they're like, Oh, this is what I always wanted. And they get something normal like, what, why are y'all buying us uh, potholders? <laughs> Pothole, are you serious? Some of y'all feel guilty right now. Y'all think I'm serious. <laughs> I did that last week for somebody. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, seriously, some people bring you potholder, you know. It's just like, here you go. We really love you a lot. Here's a potholder. Hope you don't get burned, you know. <laughs> All right, here we go. Trials. 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 Yeah. No, I don't want those. This is not what I was looking forward to. I thought it would all be easy. But no, God, God lets us go through storms and trials and challenges. They test us. They squeeze us. They reveal who we really are. So, that we, so God doesn't just use people with gifts to reveal and, and preachers and all that. God uses things in the, in the world. And they bring things out of you so that you can know about it. These, this is a gift, y'all. It's a gift. And we heard about it at men's conference. You, you men that went to men's conference, we heard about the brokenness. And every man needs to hear that message we, we heard about brokenness. We, we see it as something bad, but that brokenness is actually working something in us that's good. And so the trials that God lets come our way, the, the losses and the flat tires and the job losses and all the stuff that happens in our life, it's not bad. It can reveal things in us. So that we can get pure and so we can get ready to go see Jesus. Yes. Trials. Now we get to the uh, ugly one, you know, we don't want to lie to anyone. Oh, who's this from? Oh, thank you. I'm expecting great things. Oh, wow, you gave me godly gifted servants, Ephesians 4 and 11. Let's put that up. Okay, you gave some apostles and prophets. Oh, I like apostles. They sound cool. <laughs> I could use apostles. Thank you, Brother Hall. Thanks to the apostles, man. I appreciate you very much. I wanted to say thank you for this gift because I like apostles. It's like, you know, some people give you like a multi-gift where it's like several things in one. Those are fun. Like those baskets, you got to go through it all. This is like one of those baskets. Apostles, they sound amazing. Apostles are, are trailblazers. Apostles are men that that go out and they, they really can do anything because they're the first to go into a territory and they're great men of God, apostles. You think of the apostle Peter. You think of the apostle Paul. You think of apostles. Y'all, why would we not want to have an apostle? There's just not a lot of apostles. It's a very high-ranking position. It takes a long time to get to that status, y'all. Apostle. We love the idea of an apostle. Sounds great. Secondarily, prophets. No, no, no. No, in the Old Testament, they killed prophets. You know why they killed prophets? Because they thought if you killed the thing that was trying to reveal what you're doing, 
you would be set free from the, the judgment of it. And they would try to kill prophets. They would kill anything that would try to reveal. They would try to kill. The mentality was if you destroy or get away from the prophecy, then you don't have to go through with the judgment. But it's a lie. Let me tell you what you do when you kill the prophet. You ruin your chance of finding out how you can get out of the problem that you're in. You're still going to be lost with the same judgment the difference is, if you let the prophet speak in your life, if you let the prophet move and minister in the church, he gives you an option to get out of what you're in so you don't have to face the judgment to come. So prophets will come into a church and they'll prophesy to a church and they will speak secret things and reveal things. And we got to have the work of prophets in the last days. And I'm praying for the young ministers in our church that God would raise up more prophets if I find a true prophet that I can invest money into and get you out there prophesying I will personally invest in your ministry our my goal as pastor is to invest in a full-time evangelist one day that bases out of our church that I can fund their family because my brother did that for years and it was very difficult and I want to fund a full-time prophet that he doesn't have to worry about somebody cutting off his funding because he wouldn't preach the truth. And they tried to kill him for it. And I believe God's going to let our church support a full-time evangelist and a full-time prophet that they don't have to worry about the basic bills for their family and kids so they can be used by God. And if we find that, if I find that, God's going to supply those finances. Anybody with me in the Holy Ghost right now? Evangelist, I've always wanted evangelists. They're my favorite. They never make anybody mad. Evangelists are so nice. They come in here all cheerful and they shout a lot and they talk about stories of people getting the Holy Ghost. It's warm and fuzzy. I could use an evangelist every day. I love evangelists. I love them so much. Evangelists are people who go out and they preach the good news of Jesus. They tell the good news. Prophets a lot of times tell the bad news. See the difference? Yeah. If it goes in order, if it goes in order, prophets are above evangelists. Yeah, just saying. I think it goes in the order of, of how things have to be before there's a strong church. You have to have an apostle to start it. You have to have a prophet to make sure that there's no secret stuff happening. All right? Or else, what's the point? You won't have any strong church for the evangelist to bring people to. The apostle does the starting. He's the one that trains everybody else. And then he gets the church going. But what keeps the church going? The prophet keeps the church going to make sure that no snakes come out and destroy the work. Then the evangelist comes in and creates a harvest. And now that the church is healthy, the church can take the new people and them not be destroyed. So maybe the order is not important, but maybe the order is in the way God wants to build. And then the last thing here is the apostle has to put up a pastor over those people because what happens is the apostle will put up a pastor an elder over the congregation he'll move to the next city because the apostle has a gift of starting new churches y'all across the world there are apostles they've started hundreds of churches just the way I said this is the model of the church the the pastor is instituted now and stays to govern and guide the church that brings us to the last one the pastor 
the pastor and the teacher. Let me just say teacher real quick. A teacher, it's like, oh, man, I like teachers. They're pretty cool. Sometimes they're boring, though. Sometimes they put me to sleep, but I like good teaching. So maybe not, not your favorite gift. I love teaching, but uh, it is a very useful gift. Teaching is what every day we need as church members. But let me talk about the role of a pastor because this is a theme that we're going through right now in the church. It's a theme we're going everywhere right now in the world. I've got pastor friends telling me they're under attack and there's things happening. It's just a spiritual thing that's happening. So let me take a moment before I close with the last one because there is one more. This one here, pastor, is so unique. And I've been mentioning it to you, but I want to clarify today this gift of pastor. This gift of pastor is so special because this is the opposite of the conferences that you go to, right? I'm not a conference preacher. I don't go to conferences. They would probably kick me out if I preached at a conference. I'd probably say too much or do half the things I did today and get my buttons stuck and pants fall off. Something would happen. And they'd probably never have me back. They'd probably never do stuff like that because of the weird things I do and because I, I go after these things because I say things that aren't politically correct. I may not fit a conference speaker, but that's not... That's not my gift, okay? And so evangelists a lot of times don't, don't become great pastors because the whole time they're trying to reach the world, their church falls apart. Yeah. And then pastors sometimes, they don't do a great job of reaching out in the city uh, because all they do is work on their people. So there's got to be a balance. But this pastoring thing is one that I think sometimes we have a hard time going, do I really like this? And I totally understand why. It's because the pastor is so close to you that we know everything about each other. That one of the gifts that God gave the church is somebody close to you that will see the issues and see the problems and still love you the next Sunday. I probably deal with six or seven cases a week through the church. Varying importance and difficulty and challenge from encouragement to full-out war and drama. And this is me on the phone a lot. And uh, in fact, my phone told me how much usage that I use, and it's like a ton of phone calls. And I do that with people, and I spend time with people, and my goal is to help these people out as much as I can. I want to make it clear something very important today, that when I preach or teach something and I warn about something, it could be somebody else that I'm talking about and not you. Because I deal with six or seven issues a week, you might think that you're one of the issues when I'm talking about it, and you're the furthest person from my mind. But it may have been someone who had a similar issue, or it may be that I feel a trend through the church, a spirit moving, and I'm trying to get it while I can, because the role of a pastor is to watch, to be close, to feel and to sense what's happening, and to do their best to try to guide people out of that situation. And so I realize this is the hardest thing, for some people to have and almost the least celebrated and I get it but I want to change that dynamic around in the last days to where people can learn the value and the love of having a pastor I know you've been hurt many of you have you've been discouraged and you've been beat up I get it I realize all the obstacles coming against you but I want you to know that when it comes to opening up a gift for your wedding shower our number one goal is to help you get pure and clean number one pure and clean number one pure and clean not comfortable not always happy pure and clean that's the intention of a pastor the last one thank you for letting me mention that and i'm gonna i'll talk about it for a while there's always somebody there that didn't have enough time to love you to go get a gift 
I'm just kidding, y'all. Y'all take this stuff so personal. You ladies are like, I'm always a card getter. I cannot believe him. I'm the card getter. I love people. What are you talking about? It never fails after my rhetorical questions or statements like that. There's always some at the church like, Pastor, did you really mean? <laughs> no, it's just an example. It's a parable. It's a joke. So I love cards because what's normally in cards? money yeah we act all humble about it you know how you do a card you're like oh yeah you don't even read the front you're just like how much is the money you get it but you pause don't you some of you pause just like I do you're just like how long does it take would it take to read that that's too much and don't look at the money don't look at the money don't look at the money you so much it's like a hundred dollars you know you're about to go buy something awesome with that probably nothing for your house you're probably gonna take a vacation or something but we get these cards from people. And, and you know, cards, cards really can be the best. But even it looks like it's nothing. It's not a big, pretty bag. It's just a card, you know. But inside the card, we open it up and it says, uh, people problems. Thank y'all so much for coming to the shower today. We really appreciate you guys so much. Y'all are so good to us. We appreciate everything you've given. It's been everything. It's amazing. And it just means, you all mean so much to us. And that's what we begin to say. People problems is the last one. Everybody say people problems. Listen, y'all, drama is good for spiritual growth. Jesus said, when you see your brother and you see the speck or the flaw, the issue in his eye, what did he say to do? He said, get a mirror, go get a mirror, look at it, and make sure there's not a log in your own eye. I just want to take a moment and give honor to every person ever in my life who has helped me see myself in them. Because if it had not been for my critical spirit, if it had not been for me seeing the wrongs in everybody else, I would have never seen the problems in me. Jesus said, you don't value your brother because you don't realize what your brother can give to you. I want you to be in a church with people that have problems because I want you to see their problems in you. And oftentimes the reason why you can find or spot a problem in someone else is because you have it. It's called a familiar spirit. You see anger in someone because you have it in you. I'm not saying you're wrong. You're probably right. But you can't help the other angry man if you won't deal with the anger in you. That man across the church does need help with anger. But you know who's going to help him fix it? The man who's already overcome the anger. <laughs> if we could catch today what the Holy Ghost woke me up in the morning and said to preach, and that is thank God for the specks in our brother's eyes that drive us crazy and frustrate us and make us want to just get out of here and leave. I need that in my life. I need it, y'all. 
I need it. Because the more people I can take, the faster I can grow. The more things I can see wrong in the nation and the church and the world, the faster I can fix. I had somebody asked me the other day and said, how can I not turn out like my parents? I said, every day you wake up, you think about how your parents messed up and say, not today, devil. I refuse to do what they did. They didn't have a pastor. I'm going to have a pastor. They didn't pray. I'm praying today. They didn't fast. I'm fasting today. They didn't read the Word. I'm reading the Word today. They never forgave. They never got over it. They went to drugs and drinking. I refuse to let that speck destroy me. Listen, that thing don't have to become a log in Jesus' name. Listen to me today in the Holy Ghost. It can be your Savior. It can save you. Yeah, it's okay to see it, but when you see it, look in the mirror. Because if you can be free of the thing you saw in someone else, help me, Jesus, today to get through this message. If you can see it and fix it, then maybe they'll receive your ministry. But you can't cast out a spirit that you have. You can't fix somebody with something you're battling with. And God today wants to unlock something in us where we can minister to each other and this city and do what the church was built to do. But first, you've got to look around, see the problems, and go to prayer and say, God, get all of that out of me because you're about to call me and send me to change a broken world. The best thing you can do when you've been hurt by an elder, a pastor, a deacon, is to don't become like them. And when our leaders are under attack, the best thing you can do, do for them is you can learn from what happened to them, and you can come to them, and you can then begin to be a support to them. But you can't help those above you if you got the same problems in your life. Do you know it's possible to be the neck of leadership. Do you know it's possible to be so influential and faithful in the kingdom of God to where your leaders listen to you? I use Omar's example because he's a staff member, not because he's my favorite. Let the Spirit hear that today. He's a staff member. He's anointed of God. He's not my favorite. Get that out of your spirit. That is not true. But I use him as an example. His faithfulness and desire to be submitted even when he disagrees at times. And he's very good at hiding it. But he does. I can tell. Discern his spirit. I can tell. There's been times that I didn't want to listen to him. But because he's faithful. But because he's there for me. Because he prays for me. And I know that he would do anything for me. Even though he's below me. I listen to him. I wish I had a say-so in the church. You can have one. Your dedication, your submission to God, your devotion, God speaks through you. Even when you're not in charge, the God in you is in charge. <laughs> Praise God. I just ruined a good message. I had it typed up how to turn the head of authority. But I just want to drop that today in the Holy Ghost. We don't have church tonight. 
to tell you that if you want to have a voice in the kingdom that goes up and down, you've got to be right and love your leadership. Because when you will do anything for your leader, I promise you your leader will hear your voice. You always have a vote and a say-so. Because you know what? As leaders, we don't feel attacked when you question us. We feel supported. Turn the head of authority by being in submission and being correct. Let me hurry on, okay? Satan wants us to think that we can avoid problems to be saved. But a balloon is not thick just because it's never been pricked. A balloon is not thick just because it avoids pressure. Floating from conference to conference, church to church, moving away from struggles and problems and issues, a balloon looks really strong because it has a testimony of never being broken. But if you ever put pressure on the balloon, you find out the truth about its existence. And there are many Christians who are deceived because they float away from trouble. They run away from the gifts of the Spirit. They run away from the men of God. And they say, look at me. I'm spiritual. I'm powerful. But if you just barely were to touch them, they would pop. And the reason why God wants us to be in church to be saved is because here we get touched a lot. We get pushed a lot. And every little spirit gets squeezed out. Something's wrong in your church if you don't have spirits coming up. Because that means there's no pressure in the spirit. Something's wrong when things aren't being revealed in people. Something's wrong when you never see the snakes. That means they're working behind the scenes. I want things to manifest and move. I want things to happen. And no, I am not frustrated one bit when I hear about drama in the church. I begin to praise God. I didn't used to. I used to lose weight. But now I go have some nachos because I realize what God is doing. I know God is working something out for our good. Pastor, something bad's happening. Not anymore. We just heard about it. Something bad was happening whenever it was getting away with it. But now that it's exposed, we about to fast. We about to pray. We about to preach. We're going to get the word out. And we're going to see a victory in Jesus' name. Now, I told you Jesus would come back for the church. And this is the last part. Give your babies a snack. We're almost there. We're going to make it. We talk about how he's coming back for us, and we all think we're going in that rapture. But look at the context of 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1. Can we get scriptures? Thank you, sis. Finally, brethren, this is before he ever said we was going to lift off this ground and be saved. This is before. This is context. Finally, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you had received from us how you ought to walk in the please God. Everybody say abound more and more. What did I preach? I think it was last time. Salvation is, is pro progressive. It goes forward. He said, go forward more and more. Abound more and more. Add on to yesterday. That's a part of the salvation message. Go forward. Just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and ought, ought to please God. He said, follow the example of us, men, because it's both. 
It's not just the Bible. It's the men of God, the women of God. He said, follow us as we've taught you, as we've trained you. Verse 2, for you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. You know what we taught you and what we gave you. For this is the will of God, verse 3, your sanctification or set apart to God, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. He went right after it, didn't he? He went right after it. He said, y'all running around sleeping together, all that stuff you're doing, he said, you got to stop it and get cleaned up. Everybody wants to go up in the sky, nobody wants to talk about the message. You're not getting off the ground if you don't let somebody help clean you up. It's time to fall in love with church again and realize what God is trying to do in us. He's trying to help us get cleaner. Verse 7, New King James Version, verse 7, For God did not call us unto uncleanness, but to holiness. Thank God for the church. Thank God for the gifts he gave us to get clean. Every gift's purpose is to clean us. Every gift's purpose is to clean us up. Every man of God, every woman of God, every working of the Spirit is to clean us up. None of it's there to make us just feel happy. It's all there to clean us up. All light coming against darkness. Verse 8, therefore he who rejects this does not reject man. You're not mad at the man. It's not the man's fault. You're mad at God. I preached that to you already. Who has also given us his Holy Spirit. You're mad at the spirit inside of you that's trying to get you clean up. Yeah. Verse 9. But concerning brotherly love. Oh, he went there too, didn't he? You have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. He said this is automatic among you. He said it's automatic. There's no reason to even bring this up. There's no way you would ever dream that you're going to go to heaven if you don't have brotherly love. He said, why would I even talk about it? Because this is automatic. If you're going to go to heaven, you're going to love your brother or your sister. He talked about it. I talk a lot about the way we treat each other because it's a part of getting ready, y'all. It's a part of getting ready, y'all. It's the Word of God. This is the context. I'm going to skip to verse 11. I believe I switched to King James Version. It's okay if you don't have that, but verse 11. And that ye study to be quiet. I wish that wasn't in there. I like being loud. My wife, back, back in the day, my wife would be like, just be quiet. I'd be like, I don't want to be quiet. I'm a lot quieter now, aren't I, baby? Thank you. She barely said yes on that one. Nice, nice Baptist nod. Mm. Y'all pray for us. Y'all, this is crazy. King James, I didn't, even, I didn't even realize this was in here. I mean, I guess I just pass over it. Be quiet and do your own business. <laughs> y'all love the Bible? That's like street talk, y'all. Y'all are like, I don't know if the Bible is relative today. I'm like, do your own business. Y'all, that is street talk. That is like take care of you. You know what that means? Paraphrase, context, go take care of you. Be quiet, take care of you. Jesus, be quiet, take care of you. Be quiet, take care of you. That doesn't mean never talk. It means first things first. Take care of me. 
Work with your own hands. Get busy. Worrying about everybody else all the time. Take care of you. Get right. Take care of your business. Then you can help everybody else. Thank y'all for hanging with me. Thank y'all for hanging with me. Thank you, Jesus. We just, we just teaching the Holy Ghost right now. Praise God. As we commanded you, verse 12, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without. Because if you do all this right, you can walk right before those who are outside of church. And you may have lack of nothing. I'm going to lack nothing when I learn to just be quiet, take care of myself. I lack nothing. You know why? Nobody can take your peace. Nobody can take it away from you. You lack nothing. When you learn to study, to just go ahead and hold it all in, restrain myself, be quiet. Well, one of the hardest things for us to do is be quiet. Jesus, help us. One of the hardest things for us to do is be quiet. I didn't even know all that was in there when God gave it to me. This morning, I had no idea. The Lord said, pull it out and give context. All right, this is the last part of this this little teaching we're doing, and we're going to pray. Are you ready? Look at what he wrote after he said, I'm coming back for the church. Yeah. After. Now we're more context. Context is before and after. Are you ready? 1 Thessalonians 5 and 2. This is the wrapping up. Paul's wrapping up this chapter. He's at the end of his final address to the church of Thessalonica, and he's wrapping it all up. Look, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Look at the seriousness of this, y'all. He's talking about sexual immorality, brotherly love, all the trigger words we don't want to hear. You know why he's this strict? Because the Lord is coming like a thief in the night. Any moment, he could come back any moment. He could come back before I say the next. Like a thief in the night, he could come back. Boy, back in the day, they used to run to the altar right about there. Like a thief in the night, he could, he could come back. Got to get ready. Got to get ready. Verse 4, but ye brethren are not in darkness. <laughs> You're not in darkness. That that day should overtake you as a thief. Ain't going to get y'all. He spoke faith to him and said, it ain't going to get y'all. We're going to be ready. Because ye are the children of the light, verse 5, and the children of the day. We are not of the night uh, nor of the darkness. Uh, You will not catch us asleep uh, because we are in the light. We are a people of exposure. We're a people that reveal. We're a people that don't hide. You know why we're going to make it, y'all? Because we ain't going to be sleeping. We're not going to be laying up in the bed at nighttime. We're going to be making sure that we're the people of the light. He can't sneak up in our house. we got lights all over the place. You can't come up on our property because we're going to see it coming. We're going to know that it's happening. We aren't going to get tricked by the enemy. Verse 14. I'm going to wrap it up right here. Now, we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Making sure y'all seeing it. What does that Greek word mean, warn? means warn. I don't know. I'm going to study that word when I get home, make sure. Trying to get off the hook. Is there any room in church for warnings? Yes, there is. Absolutely there is. 
Why would we warn you? Because a thief is coming. It's like a thief. It's like a thief. It's imagine the thief. It's not a thief, but imagine it's like a thief that's going to sneak in. I don't know where. I don't know when. He's going to come back any moment, any time, and I've got to hurry. We act like he's not coming back, y'all. We act like we have tomorrow. We take our time. Maybe next week. The Bible says here that we exhort you, brethren. Everybody say, brethren. Everybody say, that's us. Warn. I got to do it right now. I got to do it right now. I need, I need a couple kids for my closing. Boys. Do you have any boys here? We're the three Hebrew boys from the Preston family. They may be too small. Let's don't do that. Let me get one of these. Come on, these young boys. Young boys. Shadrach, come on. Meshach. Where's Meshach? Meshach. Yeah? You want to come up here for a cool example? Yeah, that's fine. I'll take. No, no, you're too big. Come on. Braxton, come here. Looking like Goliath. Come up here, guys. Up here, real quick. One more, like, little boy. You want to come up here? No? Aspen, you come up here? I need help, Aspen. Nobody wants to come. Hey, you ain't getting that toy that's coming in the mail if you don't come up here. Hurry. You can come up here, too. Four is good. Y'all ready? All right. You all right, bro? Getting your, home, your hair combed over there? All right, come on. All right, hold, y'all want y'all to hold hands. Everybody say, warn. Brethren, warn. Oh, you're all right. Sorry. Not just Been working out. Didn't he fall the last time he's on the stage? You're right. You good? All right. Hold hands in a circle. Hold hands. It's a circle of life. There you go. Brethren, warn. It says warn, all right? Brethren, warn people. You love them enough, you warn them. You don't get mad at them. You don't try to run them off. No, you just lovingly warn them. All I can do is warn you. That's, that's all I can do. Warn, brethren. Why? Because any minute now he's coming back. And if I love you, I'm going to warn you. Here's what happens when a bunch of weak people try to help each other. Stay strong, guys. What are you doing? Come on, don't move. Stay strong. Stay strong. Come on, hold. Hold back. Hold back. See? Yeah. Did I break your arm? I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I can't break Braxton. It's impossible. God built him with a force field on him. It's impossible. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to take your place. You ready? All right. You ready? Okay. Now, try to pull me, all right? Try to pull me. No, actually, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Nope, sorry. Try to pull me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nope, sorry. Nope, sorry. Nope. Here's what God wants to do in the church. He doesn't want to get the weak people out. He wants to add a strong person in. Nope, you ain't going there. No, no. You ain't getting out of church. You hear me? You ain't getting out of church, boy. Get over here. You ain't getting out of church. I'm going to warn you. I'm not afraid of weak, broken people, AFC. I'm worried about where's the straw. Go down. All right. Just send us the insurance bill. All right. We'll t- Praise God. Woo. The Holy Ghost said, if you're going to have revival, you're going to have weak people in your church that do crazy stuff, say crazy stuff. They don't know any better. They don't know any better, y'all. They're going to talk about you. They're going to talk about me. They're going to cry. They're going to get mad. That's the way the church was supposed to be. But here's the rest of the story. Who's going to stand there when all that's happening and say, in my circle, you don't do that. 
Now, you can find another circle if you want to, but I'm one of the strong ones in the AFC. And as long as you hang out with me, we're going to love this church. Nope, nope. We're going to make sure we go to heaven. No, I, you ain't going. As long as you're in my circle, as long as you hang out at my dinner table, as long as I'm teaching your Bible study, get back over here right now. We can't let the weak people be alone without a strong man and a strong woman because then we win. We win. Our problem is not struggling people. Our problem is we don't have enough strong ones. And God wants to raise up in the name of Jesus. God wants to raise up men and women in this church right now that you can stand up and be an anchor for other people. That you can stand there and take the gossip and take the hits and take it and say no matter what, get back over here. You're not going anywhere as long as you're in this church. You're going to make it in Jesus' name. And that's what God woke me up early this morning to tell you, is that the revival that we're going to have is going to be strong people holding on to a few people. So I pray for the strong. I believe in the strong. I'm here to make sure the strong keep being strong. Because if we can keep being strong, your little circles will start to move up and not down. Everyone in this church, I can't help it, there's going to be what you would call cliques, but they're not cliques, they're circles of strength. Some, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I have no clue what I'm talking about. They're circles of strength. We want to, the devil calls them cliques or not cliques. They're people that just feel a call together, but sometimes those groups of people have no strong one. And the whole thing dissolves. And the way to fix it is for somebody in that group to stand their ground and say, no way you're doing this while I'm here. If we're going to keep close quarters and hang on to circles, uh, then we're going to go to heaven together. We're going to be right together. We're going to pray and fast. Uh, I don't care what you do to me, what you say to me. I'm for the pastor. I'm for the church. Uh, I know them. I hang with them. I talk to them. And we're going to make it in Jesus' name. Y'all, we're getting into a season where you can't tell me everything. It's going to kill me. You can't tell me everything, and I'm realizing that now. I'm so thankful for the openness. I'm thankful for the phone calls I get. But here's what I'm starting to see as this revival progresses. What I really need to happen is I need to get some faithful people that I don't have to worry about you. That I know that when you're working and teaching and praying and going out to eat and at other's homes, I know what's being said. Yeah. And you don't have to bring everything to me. Bring the big stuff. But my prayer for you is maybe for a few times you bring it to me just so you can get you stronger. My plan is not to always have you micromanage. My plan is just for a season, come to me for the few things. Let's figure out how to work it out, and then let's send you out there so that you can go be strong. You can grab a circle in the church and say, in this circle, you're going to make it. I cannot hold every one of you. I can't. I'm not strong enough to pull you all the way I want to pull you. But there's such anointing and power in many people in this place right now that if you will catch on fire and feel the spirit today, God is going to make you a circle strength individual. That your circle, your family, your friends are about to go into explosive revival in your circle. Stop worrying about the church and worry about your circle. 
I'm going to worry about the circle strength. You worry about your circle, and together we'll have revival in Jesus' name, and we'll reach our cities, and we'll keep getting stronger people and stronger people, and we'll multiply, and we'll multiply, and before you know it, we'll have no space, no room because of the strong at AFC. Have mercy, God. Let's all stand together. Let's get our minds ready. We're about to pray a ceiling on this today, Jesus. Whew. I feel good in the spirit today. I feel the Lord's hand on us. Thank you for listening intently today. I feel the connection in the Holy Ghost. I feel God is speaking to us in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, everything's okay. Everything's okay. We'll be all right. We're going to make it. Amen? We're going to make it. We've got the answers and the tools. The devil's a liar. We're going to make it. We're not scared of anything at AFC. Any problem, anything I hear, not going to worry about it. We're going to make it. You tell any issue you've got right now coming against you, it's going to be all right. Come on, hold on. Let's go. Let's ride this thing. Let's go ahead and push forward. You grab somebody beside you that's going through a storm, and you say, come on. Let's go. Let's make it. Hang in there. Hang in there. Let's go. When you feel your circle pulling you out, you come to me, and I will pray, and I will fast with you, and we will get you strong, and we'll send you right back to your circle. I don't want to break up people in this church. I don't want to pit one sister against another or brother against a brother. That's not the will of God to make you scared of talking to each other. You can say whatever you want in the right spirit and not be bad. Say the same thing in the bad spirit and it's wrong. Gossip is deeper than the words you say. It's the fruit that comes from it. God is going to build a church here. And it's going to be through circles of strength. And that's the picture God gave me for the church. Praise God. I, I feel a call today for our church that God wants to bring people to a place, I'll call it anchors. I feel like God today wants to anoint people in this place to be anchors. What a cool responsibility to know that the people in your circle, and God's got his hand on so many of you, are going to be responsible for people walking on the streets of gold one day. There's no better gift, y'all. I don't care what you think is fun, vacations or whatever, uh, toys and money. Ain't nothing better than knowing that the hands I hold are going to go to heaven one day. The best feeling in the world when you lay your head down the pillow is who you help today go to heaven. Woo! Today, two things are going to happen. We're going to anoint the anchors at AFC because if you will do your job right, your circle will become anchors, and we will multiply and spread anchors in Jesus' name. And then everybody else today in this place, if you're not ready to be an anchor, that's okay. There's somebody around here that's ready to pray with you, love you, serve you, and help you get to heaven as best as possible. This is the process of our church. This is the future right here in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Let's pray. Let's ask God for help. Thank you, Lord. You feel it, don't you? But the Davies, I see you. You feel it, brother. The Holy Ghost is all over you. God is stirring something in your ministry, Brother Davies.
That's it, guys. That's it, Brother Cooney. God's got a ministry for you, brother. Some of y'all circles are about to go to heaven. That's it, Sister Ashley. I see you. Ashley O'Dell. You're going to be an anchor in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You're going to make it, y'all. God's doing it right now. Paige Jose, Matthew Dulcet, strong anchors. We need Caleb, Marissa Cooney, Marissa Mendez. Come on, our youth pastor and wife. Hold that youth group, Diego. Hold that circle. Andrew Carla, hold that circle. Jose Page, hold the circle of music. Jesus' name. Every ministry, every volunteer, hold your circle together. You just tell me you're struggling. I'll be there to grab a hold of you. I'll pull you up the mountaintop. Hold your circle. Come on. God's anointing people in this place right now to bless the church. To bless the church. That's it, Aspen. Lift your hands up and pray. Receive the Holy Ghost. We're going to make it, y'all. We're going to make it. You hear me in Jesus' name. I believe this is happening. I see this is happening. I'm not afraid of weak, broken people. I'm just asking for the people to be anchors today. We just need about half of y'all to say, I want to, to be an anchor. Jesus' name. You can't do it to me. As long as I'm around, I'm going to pull you to heaven. You can't do it around me. As long as you're around me, I'm going to preach the gospel. You can't do it around me. As long as you're in my circle, we're going to live for God. Come on, let's let the work of the Holy Ghost take place right now. Just obey the Holy Ghost right now. God is making anchors in this church right now. Strong anchors. You've been through hell and high water. You've faced abuse and depression. But God's going to use all of that to make you an anchor for somebody else. Jesus' name. Come on, I know you're tired. I got you. But let's push in the Holy Ghost right now. There's a guest today hoping that you'll get a hold of this. There's a person on the edges uh, hoping to get a hold of this. There's somebody on the edges uh, praying that you'll get right with God. There's somebody in your marriage and your family hoping that you'll get a hold of God. Your anchor, God has given you the Holy Ghost. Uh, he's baptized you with power, and He's called you to be an anchor. Not in my circle. This is my circle. This is my family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's it. Come on, intercede. Let God, God's hand be upon you right now. Let God's hand be upon you right now. Let God's hand come upon you. That's it, Dante. You're a leader of musicians. Not here. No, no, no. You're an anchor. You're an anchor in our movement. You're an anchor in the musicians. You're an anchor in Jesus' name, Dante. In the name of the Lord, you're circle strong. The people you play with, no, not around me. We're going to have a strong anchor. That's it. In the name of Jesus, anoint him right now, God. God, he's going to be used mightily of anointing, and he's going to be an anchor that won't waver, no matter his giftings and talentings.
talents. He's going to be anchored in Jesus' name. He's going to pull people to the cross. Pull people to Jesus in Jesus' name. Yeah, the Lord is working right now in somebody. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. It feels good to flow in the Holy Ghost. It feels good to flow in the Holy Ghost. That's it, my sister Diana, in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and hold that circle. Go ahead and be an anchor in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's why the devil fought you. That's why the devil fought you, because you're an anchor. God called you to be an anchor. That's why you feel the attack on you, because you feel the weight of